Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of How's That The Cricket Podcast with me, Lily. Now this week I am solo, I am going by myself this week because Ollie is interstate so this episode is just going to be me. Um, there has been, you know, some more some more cricket over in England at the moment, uh, still not much happening over here but the Rachel Hayhoe Flint trophy has commenced over in England and there have been four games that have happened so far. So before I jump into this week's interview, I just thought I'd go over the results. So the first game was Central Sparks versus Southern Vipers, which was an interesting rematch um, from the, the Charlotte Edwards Cup. And the Southern Vipers did come out victorious in this game. Um, and it was, a, it was rain affected, so they had a shorter amount of overs. But yeah, Southern Vipers, again absolutely smashing it just so strong and really good performances all around by the vipers there was wickets shared out pretty evenly from from the vipers bowling attack and danny wyatt 36 not out my boucher 20 george adams got none um as the opening captain though so interesting there but uh from the the central sparks batting side eve jones 39 Davina Perrin also opening the batting with Eve Jones, who got 22. Thea Brooks, 13. Amy Campbell, 16. Sarah Glenn, 15. So pretty um, even runs across there. Um, I think it's really good to see Davina Perrin open the batting. Um, she's very young, younger than me. So to see her do so well is is really brilliant and definitely a, a future uh, star to, to keep your eye out for there. So yeah, Vipers are already... <laughs> doing very well and showing that they they want to retain that uh, Rachel Hayho Flint trophy. Now, next game was the Southeast Stars versus the Sunrisers, where the Southeast Stars won by 80 runs. It was a good performance all round from many players in the the Stars team. Bryony Smith, captain, got 66. Kira Chatley got 61 and Alice Capsey got 64 not out. So really good performances there. And then against the Stars' batting side. Bowling-wise, for the Sunrisers, Grace Scrivens got four wickets for 42 runs, so really good bowling there. And for the batting, it was a good performance by some. Grace Scrivens, as well as being good with the ball, she also got 74 with the bat. And Amara Carr, 35. And then 10 from Cordelia Griffith, uh, 19 from Naomi Ditani. And Maddie Villiers got 10 as well. So um, there were a few good scores there. But yeah, they're not enough to, to drag the Sunrisers over the line, unfortunately. Next was Storm versus Lightning, where Western Storm won by 75 runs. And yeah, some good performances also by the top order for the, the Storm here. Alex Griffiths, 22. Georgia Hennessy, 11. Sophie Luff, captain, 48. Just shy of a half century there. Fran Wilson, 43. And then a couple of 16s and 35 by Natasha Wraith. So good performances there. And then with the ball, it was Piper Cleary who took three for 45 for Lightning. And then, yeah, for the Lightning, the, the top order just couldn't really get going. Sarah Bryce, 11. Marie Kelly, 2. Catherine Bryce, 5. So they struggled to get going a bit, um, which was, yeah, disappointing from the, from the Lightning. But hopefully they can bring it back and um, go again next round. But in the bowling attack, Danielle Gibson for the Western Storm got two for 26. Lauren Filer, three for 35. 
Lauren Parfit two for twenty two, and Claire Nicholas one for thirty six. So good performances there, and yeah, another good game from the Western Storm, which is interesting because coming off a not so great uh, Charlotte Edwards Cup, so so really good to see them winning again. Now for the Thunderverse Diamonds, the final of the four games that have happened so far. The Northern Diamonds were victorious, winning by six wickets with 45 balls remaining. Even though the Thunder did not take the win, they got off to a really good start with Emma Lamb, 82. Um, underneath her, Georgie Boyce, unfortunately, only getting six. But Deandra Dottin, who was 26, I think a big surprise seeing her suddenly appear just before their game, but... Hopefully she can get going next game and, and really uh, show what she's capable of, of what she uh, did in the, the fair break tournament. But yeah, Satchipai, 41 not out. And from the Diamonds bowling side, Catherine Brunt, no wickets for 45 runs. That's a bit of a bit of a harsh one there. But Casey Levick with the two wickets and Lizzie Smith with the two wickets as well. And then from the Northern Diamonds innings, it was the match-winning performance of Lauren Winfield-Hill with 93 runs, Holly Armitage with 47 runs, and Stair Callis with 35 not out, and Bess Heath with also 51 not out. So really good performances by the Diamonds team there, looking so strong. Um, in the bowling side for the Thunder, it was Laura Jackson who took the two wickets, Alex Hartley taking one, and Hannah Jones also taking one. So that is the Rachel Hayhoe Flint trophy game so far. I think it's looking very good. You can't really suspect who's going to win, um, excluding the Vipers, because every team is, is winning and losing and it's looking really good so far. But moving on, that is pretty much all the cricket that has happened uh, this week, except for there's been a couple of WBBL signings. Uh, Maddie Green from New Zealand has signed with the Scorchers, who is joining Sophie Devine. Erin Burns has re-signed with the Sixers for a couple of years. Hannah Darlington has signed with the Thunder for many more years. Harman Precor has re-signed with the Renegades, which is huge news. And Elise Falani has made the jump over to uh, the Hobart Hurricanes as she is playing for Tasmania. Uh, Sasha Maloney has made the move from the Hurricanes to the Stars. And Heather Graham has also made the move from the Scorchers, the winning Scorchers side, to the Hurricane side. Tess Flintoff remains with the Stars. Josie Dooley and Carly Leeson remain with the Renegades. Taylor Vlamick has moved from the Hurricanes back to the Renegades. And Sophie Molyneux back with the um, Renegades. And Sophie Devine is back with the Scorchers. So that is where we're at with the, the WBL. Not long to go now and... There are going to be many more signings to come, which is going to be super exciting. Now, moving on, we have a guest this week. So last week, I had a chat to Annika Learoyd, who is a New South Wales breaker and Sydney Thunder player. Now, it was really, really brilliant to talk to Annika because um, it's NADOC week here in Australia and Annika is a First Nations player. So it was really incredible to hear her perspective on the First Nations round and... She also gave us a really brilliant insight on the Sydney Thunder shirts and explains the design behind the shirts. And we also talked to Annika about uh, what she's studying in uni and her plans for the future and what she's most looking forward to about the upcoming WBBL and WNCL season. So enjoy the interview with Annika Learoyd. It's been going down the ground on two occasions. This time she goes across the ground to the mid-wicket boundary. Striking here from Annika Leroy. She seems to be loving this spin. 
Welcome and thank you for joining me today. Could you just start off by telling me a little bit about where you are at the moment and where you're at with your cricket? Yeah, sure. So I'm I'm actually in Sydney at the moment. Um, I'm living here full time. Um, I've just uh, started my third year of the WNCL and um, coming into my third year of Big Bash as well. So going right back to the very beginning of your cricket journey, how did you very first start playing cricket? So I always, um, as a kid, loved a game of like backyard cricket, beach cricket, you name it, I was playing it. Um, and there's even photos of me at like four years old playing beach cricket with a bunch of guys. Um, I probably scored like a duck off a hundred odd balls, but I was still out there having a go. Um, and so I got to about the age of 12 where I was really just, I was starting to pester my dad um, to sign me up and he, he agreed to sign me up for the next year and it just kind of flew from there. And and who were your cricket idols growing up? Well, I mean, the, the same as any girl at that age, I, I think Elise Perry was a huge one. Um, and then I, I guess once I actually started watching a bit more female cricket and, and becoming aware of some of the other players um, that were in the game as well, I, I probably um, expanded that a fair bit um, and as well into the male side as well. So I've always loved um, watching the way that Darcy, Darcy Short especially goes about um, his batting and, and kind of how aggressive and destructive he can be when he gets away. I mean, you said you, you looked up to Elise Perry and then she was with the New South Wales team for a bit. Um, I don't know if you played together, but I guess to play against her, that must be pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so I never actually, I never got, had the privilege of playing with her, um, but I, I'd played against her uh, a couple of times now for um, Big Bash and WNCL. And I remember, um, I think it was last year during the Big Bash when I was actually playing a game against her and, uh, she was out in the middle batting at the time and I remember just while I was fielding I, I had this kind of light bulb moment where I was like this is like I've I've kind of I've achieved it um, in a way you know um, I'm, I'm out here playing against those that I, I used to look up to um, and you know I'm, I might not be as successful as they are yet but like I, I'm I'm getting myself there you know I've, I'm up there competing against them and and that's the only way that I, I'm going to kind of uh, guarantee myself any any shot at success. Yeah, that's incredible. Now, I guess going to WBBL 06, it was held in the the bubble. Now, yep. what were your thoughts on that? Because I know a lot of the older players were a bit hesitant and, you know, weren't feeling very great about it, but the younger ones were maybe a bit more accepting and a bit more okay with it. So what were your thoughts going into the the bubble? Yeah, I, I guess I was, um, I was, I was kind of halfway in between um, those two groups in that, you know, I was a little apprehensive as to how it would go, um, not only for myself personally, but for other members of, I guess, all the teams, you know, like people have different outlets of how they get away from cricket and kind of confining them to one space um, and expecting them to still be able to do that is um, definitely a challenge. But um, at the same time, it was really exciting. I remember like in the first day, I, I think I was in the lift with like Meg Lanning or someone and I was just kind of like my jaw like nearly hit the floor and I reckon my jaw was at level one before the lift was because <laughs> it was just insane to just to think that I was all of a sudden I was like locked in with all these famous cricketers and that was going to be my life for the next eight weeks and I think that's where I guess the youngsters kind of lapped that up because the the older experienced players had no chance of getting away from us so um, we kind of just pinned them there and and we learned as much as we could off them in eight weeks. And you mentioned about not being able to have certain outlets and that kind of thing. What was your thing that you did to kind of keep yourself occupied when you were confined to that space? 
Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm studying at the moment. I'm doing a Bachelor of Wildlife Science. So um, just kind of getting stuck into that on the off days or um, my uh, my team, we actually had a, a pretty cool setup on our level in terms of we had some jigsaws up and like a little mini fridge and some bean bags where if we weren't playing or training, we, we'd quite often sit out there together and kind of have a chat and just like talk anything but cricket. Um, and that was really refreshing as well because it showed that we were – like not only were we gelling on field, but we were we were quite happy to gel off field as well. Like um, we were we were enjoying each other's company um, even six weeks in. Yeah, and I think from memory that must have been the season that the Thunder won because it was, it was yes yeah there was like yeah. fairly like no crowds and that kind of thing against the Stars I think it was. So I guess being within that group of oh, it was what Heather Knight, Tammy Beaumont, um, what did what did they bring to the group? And how was it like being in and around that group of a winning team? Yeah, it was phenomenal. So um, just to, to kind of spend, you know, six, seven weeks um, with the likes of um, Tammy Beaumont, who's a star player in herself, but as well as Heather Knight, who like there were times where you just you forget that she was the Engl- England captain. Um, so to kind of be in there and amongst her and spending your time both on and off the field with her and just learning and watching how she goes about her business um, in all all aspects of her life, really, because we were we were like given real insight into everyone's lives while we we're in there. Um, it was hard to get away from each other in the, in that sense. So it was really amazing to be able to like watch and learn off those types of players because it's not something you come across every day. No, definitely not. That's, that's amazing. Um, yeah. So obviously, you know, that was that season held in that hotel. And then afterwards, it was a bit more freedom. Um, you're able to to travel a bit. And yeah. I've played quite a few games down down here in South Australia. So what was it like to, I guess, have a bit more freedom and be able to travel to play cricket elsewhere? Yeah, so so WBBL 06 was kind of my first taste of Big Bash. And for that to all be in, in the one hub um, was obviously very different to normal. And then... WBBL is seven again it was it was quite different to to your ordinary season in that we kind of had the the hubs that we were staying at and Thunder especially like we us and the Sixers um both had to do quarantine on the way in um so that kind of added two weeks to our to our away from home time but um to then be on the road for I think it was eight weeks maybe more in total um was uh pretty cool and like it, it was a big ask, but it was something that we were able to do. And do you have a favourite place that you played when you when you were travelling? Um, yes, I, I really enjoyed our time up in Mackay. I think we spent close to 10 days up there towards the end of the trip. Um, and like on field, like it's an amazing little arena they've got up there and um, the crowds that we were able to get in as well, um, especially for one of the night games against the Heat. But um, just spending the time off the field, you know, at the beach or like, obviously within reason because it's it's quite dangerous up there but um at the beach or just somewhere out in the sun um was a nice change from probably somewhere a little bit colder like Tassie or, or even Adelaide to be fair yeah um I mean I saw the I saw many pictures that loads of people took of that one I think it was one particular beach and there was like kangaroos on it and everyone took sunsets and sunrise it just looked incredible <laughs> Yeah, it was insane. Um, that was, yeah, we had two separate trips um, there um, 
it two days in a row up to that particular spot. And I jumped in on both of them because I'm, I'm a little bit of a sucker for a sunrise and, um, and to be able to go there and like there's the kangaroos there and a pretty amazing place as well was a pretty cool way to start your morning. Yeah, yeah, it looked it. So this year in the WBBL, they introduced the First Nations round. And obviously that would mean quite a lot to you and a lot of the other First Nation players. So can you just tell me a little bit about your background and what the round means to you? Yeah, so it was, it was really cool to, um, to be able to be involved in that and um, wear our Indigenous jerseys as well. Um, that's something that uh, I wasn't, I guess, um, seeing that much of growing up, um, especially... I was actually homeschooled, so I didn't get to do any of that in the schools either because um, I know NAIDOC week and that kind of thing has gotten a lot bigger in recent years, especially in the schools. Um, so to not be, I guess, around that um, that much growing up, um, it was really special to me to be able to do that um, as well as combining it with my sport. So um, we did a fair bit of stuff um, off-field as well. Sydney Thunder is really cool for that. Um, so we had like our, um, our shirt presentation right at the start of the season, actually. Um, we did it like a smoking ceremony and a little bit of an education session for um, not just those who um, are in the playing 11, but like our whole squad as well. Yeah, I mean, I got to say, obviously, I am a Strikers fan, but Sydney Thunder is a very close second. I'm not just saying awesome. that, but it is. Um, and the the Thunder jerseys had to be my favourite. I had to actually, I had to get my hands on one. Oh, I got one very of the, um, cool. I got How'd you manage that? Who'd you get? Um, oh, Porter. Yes, because 14 was my number and I was like, oh, I can't pass it up. Yeah. Um, because no, they auctioned them off and I was like, oh, you know what? That is yeah. my favourite. I love awesome. the Thunder ones, they're incredible. Um, do you know a bit about the design of it? And can you explain a little bit about it? Yeah, yeah. So um, myself and Hannah, um, we both actually uh, played a little bit of cricket with the artist who designed them, Marie Lotta. Um, so we, we were in contact with her um, semi-regularly. And um, she also did a really cool education piece with our whole team again, um, kind of explaining the design of the shirts and, and what they each mean. That's, yeah, that's amazing. If you, if you want to hold it up, I can kind of point out what each of okay, the sure. things yeah. are on it. So, we've got, um, so we've got um, that that big like circle in the middle with the <laughs> like the boomerangs and everything around it. That's like that's everyone coming together um, to play the game, um, and that represents us players in there as well. And then the the dots around the outside a little bit more. They're actually like the past players. Um, and I guess the legacy um, of Sydney Thunder. And then towards the top, you've got um, like elders um, and other important um, in figures um, that have all led to like where we all are today and and especially how women's sport has evolved as well. Yeah, I think it, I actually think it's so incredible how like just things like that have just so much meaning behind it. I think it's yeah, it's, it's so cool. And cool. It was really cool for our whole uh, our whole squad to to have that meeting with Ree and um, her to explain that the meet like the meaning behind the shirt to those who who didn't really know who thought it was just a cool shirt anyway, but to have that meaning behind it explained to us as well and and she has a really cool way of explaining that so um, for everyone to be able to hear that and really understand um, what they were wearing and why they were wearing it um, was something really special. Yeah, yeah, that's great. How important do you think it is for younger Indigenous kids to be able to see the representation of whether it's the round itself, whether it's, you know, the shirts or, or the players like yourself? Um, how important do you think it is? 
I think it's vitally important. Um, you can't be what you can't see. So for those, them to be able to see um, those role models, I know for myself, um, seeing, again, the likes of Ash Gardner, Darcy Short, um, especially in the last like five, 10 years where they've been able to become a little bit more vocal and kind of get, get behind the causes that they're each behind. Um, it's really it's really important that those kids are then able to see um, how inclusive cricket is and, and how there are pathways out there and and they they can achieve the things that they really want um, if they're willing to work hard enough for it. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's already going places with the the tournaments that you have. There are also, like, the um, the underage Indigenous tournaments. I think you were part of one as well with the, the New South Wales team. Yeah. And then the round itself, you know, so I think having all those different things that people can see, like you said, is, yeah, so important. And, um, definitely. Yeah, 100%, yeah. Now, still on last season, Rachel Haynes was unavailable. So um, Hannah Darlington obviously was captain and stepped up, only being 19 at the time. Now, that must have been, well, you're very good friends with her. So I know it was very big in the media about, you know, how's it going to go? She's quite young. How did you feel under her captaincy? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed um, the opportunity to to be able to work with Hannah in that space in terms of, like we we as close as we are and everything we were able to kind of we it was it was a challenge at first like we had to be able to find ways that we were able to kind of park that um and you know she was then my captain and I was then just another player um so like once we we found a way to do that it, it worked really um it was quite fluent it was amazing to see someone of her, of her talent and her age as well just be able to kind of step into that position of someone like Rachel Haynes yeah I think it was yeah really good to see now you did also have quite a few different internationals come over this year Shabnam Ismail was ruled out for injury so Izzy Wong came in as a like a last minute replacement and you also had Deepti Sharma and Smriti Mandana so what did they bring to the team from you know England and, and India what did they bring over yeah uh Wong is a real character um to be able to watch her make her test debut the other night was really special as well actually but um to be able to to get to know um, Wongi and, and learn a little bit about um, what she gets up to in England um, on top of obviously Smriti is, a, is a, an amazing cricketer and um, and the knowledge she was able to bring to our group and this in this sense of this calm as well she never looked panicked or anything like that and I know that her and Phoebe um, got along really well the the lefties club they started calling us themselves but um, her and, and Deep D had some little antics towards the end as well once she came out of her shell. Um, they, they were a lot of fun and they added, they added this kind of, this value to our group that we wouldn't have had um, without their, their culture, I guess. And I guess you'll be tuning into the 100 then? Definitely, yeah. We, yeah. we watched a fair bit of the 100 last year, but I think we'll, we'll definitely be tuning in for a few more matches this year. Yeah. And like you said before, the the test going on at the moment, isn't it just brilliant to see all the, I think there was four made their debut for England, which was brilliant to see. And especially Izzy taking all the all the wickets she has so far, Laura Wolfart twice. It's um it must be pretty cool to, I guess, see her like, you know, she came over to play for the Thunder as I'd say quite an unknown player here. People probably didn't know who she was. So to kind of play with her there and now see her on the on the big screen must be pretty, pretty, um, pretty amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, when she was over here, you know, getting to know a little bit more about her and kind of where she was in the England setup um, was really cool as well. And 
obviously she's a class player and, and bowls some absolutely unplayable balls um, and can hit a long ball as well, as as we saw in at Karen Rotten. Um, but she's um, she's a phenomenal player and to be able to see her um, deservedly make her debut and, and watch from the screen um, was pretty cool in itself. But I would have loved to have been there, but there was no, no chance of that. Well, I mean, look, hopefully a few of those internationals can come back over next year because... Yeah, they were game changers there, weren't they? Smithy with the bat and, and Izzy with the bat and ball. They were pretty um pretty game changing, especially that night at Camrol and that was um <laughs> that was something else. Yeah, she, um, she really got us back in that game and we were absolutely no hope before then. Yeah, I was to be fair, like I was sitting there and I was like, I think the Thunder have got this. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't I don't think we ever got that far. Like we we never we never said we were completely out of it, but um I, I don't think we at any stage felt in complete control during that chase. Yeah, because it was especially Amanda Wellington and she knows Amanda Wellington. So it was like, she yeah. knows how she's going to bowl. And I was like, it was just six after six. And I was like, right, <laughs> what's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, now I guess onto the WNCL. It was a bit of a different one this year, I guess, as well, because from a bunch of different teams, loads of people went away for like the World Cup and, and all that kind of stuff. So the New South Wales lost. Healy, Haynes and Gardner. So a, a few of the younger players had to kind of step up. So what were the initial thoughts of going into the season? Because you did start with them to then have them go away. And um, what were the talks around that? Yeah, so I think early on in the season, we uh, we kind of identified that that was going to happen. Um, we were going to have some games, especially towards the back end, where we, we didn't have those players. And, and the same for the other teams, to be fair. So um, we had, do have a very young squad, but um, one that we we back each other nonetheless. Um, we have some some really star, very young players um, at the moment and to be able to see them um, kind of step up and take on this opportunity that's been handed to them um, is really cool. I think the, the season, especially that Phoebe Litchfield had, um, was a really good one. And one of the knocks she had down in Junction um, was just a testament to the amount of work she puts in and, and how much she loves her cricket um, and how I think she'll be able to fill those they, they are big boots to fill, but I think she'll be able to fill those in the coming years. And what are your plans for next season? What are you hoping to achieve within the Breakers squad? Yeah, so I'm hoping to um, kind of build on, I guess, the you could almost call them foundations that I laid for myself last year um, with the bat during the WNCL. Um, so to be able to kind of convert a couple more of those those 30s, and I think I got 150. So to be able to try and convert those um, to maybe 50s and 80s rather than 30s and 50s um, would, be, would be a goal for mine straight off the bat. But um, on top of that, I, I think kind of cementing myself into the squad is a little bit more of a of a top order bat um, who who's dependable as well um, is definitely up there. And overall, whether it be Big Bash or WNCL, what are you most looking forward to about the upcoming season? I think um, a chance to get a fair bit of travel in unrestricted. Um, I haven't really had a taste of that all that much yet in my two years. Um, with Although towards the back end of WNCL last year, it was a little bit more normal but there were still a fair few restrictions and we were living under restrictions ourselves um that others probably didn't see because we were we were that keen on playing the games that we wanted to make sure we were there no matter what and there were there wouldn't be any COVID scares or anything like that around our squad so I think um kind of getting an idea of what a normal season might actually look like um would be up there 
Yeah, and the, I mean, the WNCL um, schedule was released, I think it was or yesterday morning now for us. And, and yeah, like I agree with you, it's going to be very exciting. And I'm finally going to be able to watch some games here, which was yeah, exactly. just WA um, playing over here. So to be able to, you know, New South Wales coming to, to Adelaide, so that's going to be super exciting. Um, do you have a state that you are most excited to go on and, and play in? Um. I, I don't know, to be fair. Um, I am actually, although it's not really a state, I am looking forward to getting out to Orange um, here in New South Wales. I haven't I haven't ventured out there yet, and the fact that we get to go and, and play a couple of games out there is going to be pretty cool. But, um, yeah, going to Adelaide will be a good one. Um, we don't. I don't think we go to Perth this year, but, um, again, don't go to Queensland, but the other kind of, we're heading a little bit more south, so I guess any of those games will be nice. Um, although I would love, like to go to Perth eventually. Yeah. Now, you mentioned earlier about studying wildlife science. Can you tell me a little bit about how that first came about and where your interest for that appeared from, I guess? Yeah, so I grew up um, near Coffs Harbour on the north coast of New South Wales, and I grew up on a property that's about 22 acres um, that's kind of ex-dairy farm. And my dad and myself, um, well, my whole family have planted... I think it's around 3,000 native trees on the property. Um, so we've brought all the, the native wildlife back in and I would spend as much time as I could in my, in my childhood um, out in the backyard watching the birds, watching the animals um, and kind of learning as much as I could off them. So it was a it was quite a natural progression for me really to try and get into that field and, and the Bachelor of Wildlife Science is how I'm going to go about that. That's amazing. Do you know what you want to do as a career, I guess, because you're obviously playing professional cricket. Is there space to kind of juggle the two or, or what's that looking like for you? Yeah, so I, I don't see myself being able to to juggle to the two career-wise. Um, in terms of the wildlife science, I'd love to get into wildlife conservation and management. Um, and that's probably going to require me to move somewhere quite regional. So I'm not I'm not sure that um, the two careers are going to match up all that well, but it means that my post cricket career um, is looking quite exciting, and it, it's something that it's not going to be like, oh, I'm I'm retiring from cricket now. What I'm gonna I'm gonna be quite excited and, and have something that I'm looking forward to and to throw all my energy and time into as well. Yeah, um, well, yeah. Look, hopefully, you can stick doing both as as long as you can. Uh, make the most. That'd of be that. nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, do you have a favourite teammate that you've ever played with? Oh, straight away, two come to mind. Um, Phoebe Littfield is just this absolute energiser bunny. Um, there's never a dull moment with her around. Her antics are second to none. Um, but myself and Sammy Jo Johnson, um, we get along really well as well. Um, so off field, um, we spend a, a bit as much well, a bit of time together, and um, and we enjoy that time, and, and we have quite a few things in common. Um, we grew up quite similarly up on the north coast, so um, to have someone to kind of bond with there is quite nice. Yeah, it looks like such a fun group to be a part of, and everyone looks like they're just having a ball out there when they're when you're playing cricket. So. Yeah, it looks like a great group to be a part of. Oh, it definitely is. Um, like the the players and how we how much we genuinely enjoy each other's company is is something that you, you kind of you don't find absolutely anywhere, and and the culture that that brings with it is is really special. Yeah. Now, do you have a favourite cricket memory? I guess any format, any time throughout your life. It'd be hard to go past WBBL 06 win, wouldn't it? Yeah. That's 
I'd say that's um that's a pretty good one well you know what I think it's actually very as much as it being you know COVID and it being a very tough situation to be in not many people can say they won like a, a national tournament while being like restricted in this fancy WBBO hotel so oh 100% um looking back now it's it's a pretty amazing achievement um to think that we got through that so soundly as a squad and uh, we were rewarded at the end um with the trophy um that was it was kind of just rewards for how 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 we managed to kind of manage ourselves and, and our squad um throughout that experience yeah it must have made it kind of just feel all worthwhile that it was you know you didn't go through the 100%. yeah 100% yeah now to finish off, I've got some this or that questions, quite some okay. fire questions, um, some uh, cricket related, some not cricket related. All right. So the first one is T20 or test cricket? I'd have to go T20. Okay, cool. Um, TV or film? Film. Okay. Uh, dogs or cats? Dogs. Okay, yep. Um, yep. Beach or backyard cricket? Beach. Yeah, good. Nice in the summer. Yeah, um, down down oh, yeah. there. Yeah, so much nicer. Some speckies into the water. Yeah. Um, morning or night? Morning, definitely a morning person. Um, orange juice or apple juice? Uh, I'll go orange. Good, good choice. Uh, now, would you rather hit three sixes to win a game or take a hat trick to win a game? Three sixes, all the way. <laughs> Yeah, if I'm bowling the last over as a leggy, we're in trouble. Now, pineapple on a pizza, yes or no? Definitely yes. Good. What is like your go-to pizza that you? Um, at the moment, I'm kind of leaning towards like a supreme, a little bit of everything. Um, yeah. yeah, and with supreme with pineapple, ideally. Pineapple. Yeah, yeah, that's what like a lot of people have just been like. They'll say their favorite and then they'll just with pineapple. I'm like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Got to add the pineapple. Yeah. Um, now, keeping your chocolate in the fridge or in the pantry? Growing up, we always kept it in the fridge, but I do, if it's colder, I don't mind keeping it in the pantry. So it's just that little bit softer. Okay. Yeah. It's very like, it's a hard question for here because of the weather. Mm. Right. It, depends on, it depends on yeah. what. Um, but yeah, no, that's it. You did well with the, the this or that's there. I can agree awesome. with Awesome. Okay. I felt like a test yeah. towards the end. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's all I've got for today. Awesome. Thank you very, very much for, for joining me. I really appreciate your time. Um, no problem. And yeah, good luck for all the upcoming cricket. Um, it's all starting to kick back in now. So good luck and, and thank you for joining me again. Awesome. No problem. Thank you. It's been going down the ground on two occasions. This time she goes across the ground to the mid-wicket boundary. Striking here from Annika Leroy. She seems to be loving this spin. So yeah, that was the interview with Annika. We really hope you enjoyed listening. Next week, Ollie will be back and we will talk more about the cricket that's gone on and more about the Rachel Hayhoe Flint trophy. Next week, we will have a, another guest. In the meantime... You can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at TCP, or you can send us an email at howsatthecricketpodcast at gmail.com. But that is all from me this week, and thank you for listening. How's